On this week's episode, we talk about failure, both in trying to become a professional and as a professional. Hello there, and welcome to the Everything PA Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rogers, Doctor of Medical Science, PAC. We created this podcast to share unique stories and perspectives on issues affecting all PAs today. Please subscribe to the show and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the major platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Also check out our website, everything-pa.com, and check us out on Instagram at everything-pa-pod. Uh, that's a great way to communicate as, with us as well as we do have an uh, email, contact at everything-pa.com. Um, we would love to hear from you regarding uh, feedback about the show, uh, as well as potential uh, ideas for future episodes. So please check us out and feel free to communicate with us. We would appreciate that. So on today's show, as mentioned, uh, we are talking about uh, failure, uh, specifically professional uh, failure. Uh, doing the solo show today, um, a topic that's important to me um, because I feel like there's a lot of very qualified, very wonderful people that perhaps experience a failure of some kind early on, and um, it really changes the trajectory of their personal and professional lives, um, and hopefully most of the time for the better, but I'm sure there's plenty of times where it uh, changes things for the worse, so I just wanted to talk about it. Um, as always, two segments today. First segment talking about uh, failures on the way to becoming a professional, so on that uh daunting path of getting into and becoming a professional of any kind, really. I mean, of course, we're talking about PA school here on this show, um, but this could be medical school, pharmacy school, any other kind of healthcare provider school, but any school, really, um, getting into the high-level undergrad facility that you'd like to go to or uh, an undergrad program that you'd like to go to or um, into that master's program or engineering program or, or whatever. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, um, to talk about first is not getting into school. Um, and that can be really difficult. So you, uh, again, just using the PA model as a, uh, an example, you do all this difficult work, you study hard in high school, you study hard in college, you get good grades, you do extra work, you donate your time. Um, you volunteer, you do all the little things, you check all the boxes, you put everything together and you send yourself out into the world saying, okay, judge me and let me know what you think. And you get those letters back, um, that say thanks, but no thanks. And that's tough. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where you, you come to a crossroads and you have to kind of decide how you're going to respond to that. So looking at that and kind of giving you a bit of my own story. Um, I did not get into PA school my first try. And I think, I think I've talked about that before on this show and uh, not afraid to admit that. I think it made me a better PA. I don't think I was ready the first time uh, that I applied. And so I think it was appropriate for schools to say thanks, but no thanks calls again when you're ready. But it was tough and it really made me sort of second guess everything and second guess whether or not I could do this and whether or not I wanted to do this. And I think that's pretty natural and it's part of the process. But I think you 
have a choice or, or a crossroads when that happens. And so that's the way I saw it. I saw it as a, a crossroads. And I said, okay, I'm either going to make this down uh, time in my life make me better, or I'm going to move on and do something different. So um, I applied to school. Um, like I said, wasn't ready. Kind of a young, dumb kid. Didn't have all my ducks in a row, as it will, as you will. And um, I remember getting uh, letters back from schools pretty quickly. Uh, this was back in the the paper mail days. Um, and the very first one was Duke University, which if you're listening to this and you're a PA, you know that that's kind of one of the more sought after schools in the country. It's kind of the the birthplace of the PA profession. And it's a very well-known program and one that um, I've always had a lot of respect for. And so to have them be the very first ones uh, to turn me down was difficult. I, I, uh, I sometimes wonder if they sent the denial letter before I even fully applied because it feels like it was about 24 hours after I applied that they had already put that letter in the mail. So anyway, um, so you get one and you think, okay, well, hey, I applied to, I think, 15 schools. So, hey, I'm, I'm good. We've got plenty more. Then you get two, then you get three, then you get four, then you're at 10, then you're at 12, then you're at 15. And they all say no thanks. Um, and it was tough. I mean, I didn't get waitlisted. So you think, wow, you know, am I just completely not up to snuff or what's the deal? And so I think the first, there's kind of four, um, four pieces of advice that I want to add to this first segment. And the first one is to uh, look at the big picture. So you say, okay, well, at the time, right when you get those letters, it feels like the whole world is ending and that's reasonable. That's how I felt too. Um, but it's not, and you've got plenty of time, regardless of where you are in your life. Um, there's always more time to, to do this kind of thing. If you're committing to multiple years of continued education in a medical career, um, you're going to have more time. And so if it's really something you want to do, then, you just have to keep looking at that big picture, um, understand that it doesn't happen quickly or easily, and that just makes it that much more worth it for you. So that's the first piece. The second piece is having a good balance of life and lifestyle prior to even applying. And what I mean by that is having other things that bring you joy and not putting all of your eggs in the medical school or PA school or graduate school basket. Because if you don't have anything else that offers you any joy or upside in life, and then you get turned down, that's a even more difficult pill to swallow. So I think uh, making sure that you have a solid balance of other things that you like prior to applying, even if it's not professional stuff, it's just outside of school or work. I think that's important. And then when you have that moment where it feels like you're at rock bottom, you can lean on those things a little bit more as you kind of then decide what you want to do. Which brings me to my third point, which would be Um, I think it's important for people to shadow and reassess. And what I mean by that is shadow, meaning, of course, go watch someone in the profession. Um, Maybe do a different specialty, different person, different something, different setting, whatever it is, but get another perspective and make sure it's really what you want to do. If you've only looked at one type of job with one person and you have very um, idyllic expectations, then you really need to double down and make sure this is the right field for you before you go back through this application process again, which is costly both in time and finances. So 
make sure that you shadow and reassess. So re- go back and look again, get a second uh, second opinion, if you will, a fresh set of eyes and see how it goes. And if you still feel like this is what you want to do, then you, you commit yourself to it. And then the last piece is focus, which is that that recommitment. So it's very difficult because you see, at least in my instance, I had a lot of friends that were getting into the uh, jobs or careers that they had been working for. I had a lot of friends that had really great undergraduate careers and were able to go right into their respective industries and uh, were out making money and doing their thing. And I was stuck sort of still unsure as to what to do. And you have to remain focused during that time. You have to really kind of, I think I mentioned it, double down. Um, And I think that's really important. And if you do, things tend to work out. Um, So you have to remain focused and you have to have that that long game mentality. So um, the last little bit here, I guess I would say the little phrase that I always think of is you hope to succeed and you plan to fail. So um, I would maybe augment that just a little bit and say I would hope to, I hope to succeed and I plan um, for the possibility of you know what if I fail, and so that's what I did. I was hoping for succeed for success, didn't get it that first time, but I had a plan and took another year, executed that plan and got in, and the rest is history. So. That's really the first piece dealing with professional failure prior to becoming a professional is uh, those four points that I talked about. So make sure you're looking at the big picture. Make sure you have a good balance of things that bring you joy prior to. Make sure that you then shadow and reassess the situation. And finally, make sure you stay focused. Have that plan in place that you can execute if things do not work out. And then hopefully you never have to use it. Hopefully you get in, for this example, like I say, you get into grad school your first try and you never even have to worry about it. So there you go. So is that sappy enough for everybody yet? Hopefully. Hopefully uh, you still got a little bit left in you because we're going to do another segment here on failures once you actually become a professional, which can be a little bit of a stickier issue. So stick with me here. We're going to take a real brief break. And on the other side how to deal with professional failures once you are a professional. Welcome back to the Everything PA Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rogers. And we are talking about professional failures in our first segment. We went over briefly... uh, failures on the way to becoming a professional and and the difficulties of uh, not getting accepted into school or not reaching whatever goal it is you have initially. The second piece, talking a little bit more about what happens when you actually are a professional. So a different kind of of failure um, or mistake or problem or issue or whatever you want to call it. So on the professional side, you're already a PA or you're already a doctor, you're already a lawyer, whoever, whatever. How do you handle mistakes or failures with that? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind when you're in medicine is mistakes with patients. Um, And so we'll certainly talk about that. Also talking about not getting that job or that promotion or whatever you're looking for as well. So I think with not getting a job, so you apply for a new job or you apply for an administrative position or you apply for some sort of like 
again, in the PA world, a lead PA role or something like that, lead mid-level role or whatever. I think the, the stuff we talked about in the first section really applies. You have to kind of keep the big picture in mind, uh, make sure you have good balance and make sure you're liking what you're doing now so that if you don't get that advancement, you're not stuck in something you don't want to do. Um, staying focused and making sure you're reassessing. I think that really is the best thing to do when you have those types of issues. So there's really not much more to go with that one, but I think the bigger one is the mistakes with patients. So this is a tough subject and probably not one that I'm going to solve in the next five to 10 minutes on a podcast with me just chatting with you, but, um, it happens and it happens with everyone. Um, you hate to say that it's an inevitability, uh, as a working PA, uh, that you're going to make a mistake, but man, you would be a better, better person than me if you get through your entire career and never make a mistake. Um, the best that you can hope for as far as that inevitability is that you're never going to make a mistake that actually causes harm or never make a mistake that actually reaches the patient, but mistakes happen. And so then the question is, you know, what can we do to minimize those, um, both in the short term and with the actual situation that you're dealing with as well as in the long term. And so things in the short term, um, it's stuff that we've learned a lot about as far as, you know, there's really basic things when you're doing anything and it's, it's things like cross-checking, paying attention, um, finishing what you're doing, limiting interruptions, staying focused. Um, and we're all hopefully pretty good at that. I think I don't really need to go into it too much more in detail because I think we're all hopefully aware of those kind of things. If you've made it this far, if you're a working PA physician, whoever, but it is a good reminder. You just need that little simple little seed planted in your mind that, Hey, I need to make sure that I'm going slow here. Um, that I'm taking my time. Um, and it brings me that, that specific topic brings me, uh, to mind, a one of the, my favorite quotes of all time, which is a, a quote from John Wooden, who's a famous um, college basketball coach with the University of California, Los Angeles Bruins basketball team. He was fantastic in a lot of ways, but um, uh, his quote is, be quick, but don't hurry. Um, It's a very simple statement, but um, it's one that I was taught when I was young playing basketball and it kind of applied to life throughout and I continue to apply it to my life now and that you can be quick, you can be efficient, you can do things expeditiously. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you hurry because when you hurry, you make mistakes. And if you rush something or if you hurry something, it's usually not going to be a very good product or whatever it is. So I think that's a big thing to live by in the, the medical world is that we're constantly trying to do things more efficiently or quicker to move on to the next patient or the next procedure or whatever it is. And so we all really need to try to be quick, but not hurry. And I think that's a really uh, quick and easy thing that I say to myself very routinely that I think is something that can stick with you as well as if you're swamped, you have a busy day, there's people flying all around, you're getting pulled in 8,000 different directions. You have to remind yourself to be quick, but don't hurry. Um, So that's number one is making sure you're getting things done appropriately and and quickly, but not in a hurry or rushed. Um, The next piece that I would talk about, I suppose, would be to lean on others, lean on your colleagues, lean on your friends. Um, 
I hesitate to say lean on your family because, man, you hate, you hate to bring stuff home like that. But if you have friends or loved ones that are understanding, particularly if you have loved ones that are in the medical field as well um, or in other very high demand fields, they often get it and they can often help you too. But I think leaning on other people um, after the fact is a really important thing because it can be a very isolating and lonely thing if you make some sort of mistake. Um, so make sure you lean on your colleagues. Um, and this is all, this is all coming from the, the idea that, okay, I've, I've made a mistake. So I missed something or I misdiagnosed something or I, um, you know, messed up this procedure or my, uh, you know, my closure didn't do well from a surgical standpoint, or, you know, I misdiagnosed this, that, or the other thing in the office and it, it, led to some sort of problem. Um, the other thing is on a more practical note is document everything. So as they say, you know, if you don't, if it's not documented, that it didn't, then it didn't happen. Um, and so I've just always been in the habit of this. Um, I document everything that I possibly can. And it's, it's not only to protect me, but to protect the patient as well, because I mean, I don't remember things day to day. And I think it's really important that you document things when you know exactly what happened so that it's accurate for everyone, that the record is accurate and up to date. So document everything. And by that, I mean, if you have a conversation after the appointment has happened, if you have a phone call conversation, if you um, discuss it with your supervising physician or another physician and they have a different thought and you want to change the plan or you feel like you need to take that into consideration, then all of that needs to be documented. And there's plenty of ways to do that. I had a lot of addendums, um, for better or worse. I had a lot of addendums to my notes because there's lots of things that happen after the patient visit has ended that can change the plan. And I think it's very reasonable and, and safe to add addendums to make sure that you understand what those things were. Um, it's also not a bad idea to document your mentality or your thought process as well. This is why I did patient came in with X, Y, or Z. This is why I did a, B, and C. Um, and so making sure you kind of delineate those things in your documentation, I think is very reasonable. Um, it will help the next person that sees that patient as well. Um, in my line of work in surgery, I try to do that so that patients are getting a consistent plan as far as how long they're going to be held under this restriction or whatever, but it applies to anything, any other kind of specialty as well. So making sure you document everything. And then I think um, the last piece is sort of a couple of different pieces, but really it's just a mentality and it's, and this is perhaps the most difficult part of all of it is trying to make a positive out of a negative. So obviously a mistake or a medical error or whatever is a negative. And so how do we make this into a positive? How do we learn from this? How do we say, okay, I made this mistake this time. I'm never going to make this mistake again. I'm going to look for this particular symptom, or I'm going to ask this particular question, or I'm going to consider this particular issue to ensure that this doesn't happen again. So that's really important. Um, with that goes along with uh, understanding what you don't know, knowing what you do not know, which is a very difficult skill, as funny as that sounds. It's very difficult to understand just how little you know, at least in my instance, that's how I feel is that, you know, it's I, I hopefully have a pretty good understanding of just how little I know about medicine and about um, 
all of this. So it's really important to understand your limitations. Be confident in what you know, but also be confident in what you don't know and figure out how to get the right answer for that patient during that in particular encounter. So making a positive out of negative of a negative and understanding what you know and don't know, I think all goes in hand in hand with um, staying humble. Um, uh, again, having that level of humility and understanding that, hey man, I don't know all this stuff. I don't know every single thing. I know a lot. I work really hard. I try to learn more every day. I try to make the positives out of a negative, et cetera, et cetera. But you just can't know everything. Um, and so staying humble and understanding that medicine will humble you regardless of whether you want it to or let it or not. It's much easier if you have that understanding ahead of time and don't get it forced on you by medicine itself because it will humble you either way. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's the talk. That's my soapbox. I'm out of breath and tired, so that means I'm probably about ready to be done. Hopefully this was somewhat helpful for you if you're trying to deal with either getting into PA school or getting into grad school or whatever, or if you feel like you're kind of beaten down a little bit by mistakes or errors. Um, They happen with everyone. You have to do the best that you can to lean on your colleagues, document everything, and all those other things that I mentioned at the end, they're making positives out of negatives, okay? And the very last thing that I would leave you with today is that all you can do as an individual, as a provider, as a healthcare provider, as a person, is do the best that you can every day with every patient on every encounter. And if you do that, you're already off to a really darn good start. So that's all I have. Thanks so much for listening to the Everything PA podcast. As always, I'm your host, Stephen Rogers, Doctor of Medical Science, PAC. Check us out, everything-pa.com. That's our website that has episode lists, more information about myself, as well as my co-host, Chris Stone. Um, more information about our social media, how to contact us, etc. Our contact is contact at everything-pa.com. That's our email address, I should say. Also, check us out on Instagram, everythingpapod. Uh, direct messages work great through there as well, so please send us um, comments, concerns, ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to us and review us on uh, any of the major podcast directories as well. We're on all of them, so check us out. And uh, even though it's a solo show today, I will still end it with Go Get Them. Thank you.